Well, good evening. It's lovely to be here. Uh, pleasure to be here, actually, and thank you for the very kind welcome uh, from Fiona, my colleague in the University Chaplaincy, and from the whole fellowship here. I've been here at one or two Baptist services and one or two occasions of the Christian Union. I once spoke, actually, at a Christian Union meeting here, uh, but it's lovely to be here at a Baptist church service in your home. Um, I actually went to the Baptist Church in Aberdeen, Bridge of Dawn Baptist Church, for the four years that I was an undergraduate in Aberdeen. So uh, I am um, familiar in some way with uh, this tradition. And I know that amongst the community here tonight are a number from Romania. I also spent a little bit of time in Romania. I was in Sibiu for a conference and also visited Maramuresh, Moldovica, Suchivica before traveling north to Chernovitsi in Ukraine following that visit. So it's lovely to be with you as friends tonight as well. We're up. Let me tell you a little bit about me and my own story of vocation to begin. I was brought up in a church-going household in the south side of Glasgow, but I'd say the Christian faith became more important to me through the work of Scripture Union especially a camp, a summer camp, when I was about 14 years old on the island of Arran. The camp was at a place called King's Cross. I don't know if that is meaningful for anybody here. Uh, and I've been a follower of Christ probably before then, but certainly since. And I've attempted to, uh, in that time, to love God and to love my neighbor, and although this is harder, to love my enemy which was the theme of the sermon I preached this morning for remembrance. So let me tell you a little bit about the work, the work that I have done, because vocation is partly about work. Um, during my 47 years, I have been a volunteer hospital radio disc jockey, a psychology experiment subject, five pounds an hour as an undergraduate in Aberdeen and 30 years later our psychology department still pays the same five pounds an hour so I was really coining it back then right yeah uh, I've been a babysitter I've been a wimpy server wimpy became Burger King I, I think it's gone out of existence now uh, I was a postman in Aberdeen I was an Air France animateur that means I taught English at summer camps for the children of Air France. Uh, I was a United Methodist Church camp counsellor in the USA in Ohio. The picture on the left actually has me under the A of staff. All right. That's the oldest picture of me on the internet I've discovered uh, this morning. Okay. Uh, I have been a teacher of English as a foreign language in uh, one or two countries. I've been a teacher of Japanese in Edinburgh. I've been a university tutor in Dublin. I've been a library assistant. I've been a Church of Scotland minister, and I'm currently a university chaplain. So my working life has uh, covered a gamut of different things. I think that's probably true of many, many people here. I also have had and still have uh, other occupations. I'm a golfer. Uh, I'm a tennis player, and uh, on the left, 
Uh, I used to be a member of the Anstruther Tennis Club, and that was the finalists in their competitions one year. I lost both the mixed doubles and the singles final that year. I'm a badminton player. I'm a writer. Uh, I'm a cook. I'm a husband. I'm a reader. I'm a watcher of Scandi noir dramas. I'm an early riser. I'm a hen keeper. On the left, you can see me holding Eleanor, one of our, uh, one of our Orpingtons. Uh, I'm a brother. I'm a cat lover. I'm a bad guitarist. I'm a traveler. I'm a friend. I'm a lover of music from Bach to King Creosote. And I'm a son. In other words, I'm arguing there's a lot more to vocation, to who we are and how we live and, and how, we, how we are Christian in our lives way more than the narrow area of being, as I am, a professional Christian. Fundamentally, as Fiona laid out so beautifully earlier, um, we are called. It's a scriptural term. God calls people to be something, to do something, to be characterized in a particular way. We are called out. We sang set apart in, in that last hymn. We are called fundamentally to salvation. We are called to a certain role. This is an amazing quote. Now, of course, the Catholic Church didn't then and hasn't now got the hang of gender-inclusive language. All right? Never mind. I think the, the sense of this is fundamental. This is how the Catechism of the Catholic Church, this is the teaching manual for the Catholic Church. This is how it begins. God infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man, we might say humankind, to make him share in his own blessed life. For this reason, at every time and in every place, God draws close to humanity. He calls humanity to seek him, he calls humanity to seek him, to know him, to love him with all his strength. In other words, to be called, or using a Latin term, vocation, is central, absolutely central, to human existence. And so to understand what vocation is, is really to understand what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be saved, in another line from a hymn that you may know, to be ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Vocation is our human response to God's loving action in and through creation. Vocation is loving God loving our neighbor, and loving our enemy. Another way of seeing this 
is to say, what is God's mission to the world? How does God act in and through creation? What, what might be, uh, so far as we can discern them, God's purposes? What was and is Jesus' mission? Another way of saying, what is it to be called? Again, the second hymn, Beauty for Brokenness, we sang, beautifully put this. It's about the kingdom. It's about values of the kingdom. Love, justice, peace, flourishing, regeneration of the world. Vocation, to be called, is, I think, to let these kingdom values flourish in our lives. Well, now, you might say that's all very general, but these evening seminars are meant to be about something a bit more specific. And indeed, I'm conscious of this in my pastoral work. Our purpose is fundamental to our sense of our self-worth, to our enjoyment of life. Purpose is, is essential to actually getting up and getting out of bed in the morning or for many of my parishioners in the university at some point during the day. <laughs> I do, as Fiona indicated, I see university staff and students one-to-one -one in my office. It's a large part of my, my work. And students will say to me, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? It's a real question, a big question. It's one of the most important questions in life. It's a question which can be positive, exciting, frightening, exhausting. Depending on who we are and where we are when we ask it, how our mental health is at that time, what our abilities are, how we are feeling in our faith. So for the Christian, the questions that might come to us um, in this area are, um, should my career follow my natural gifts? Does God lead me in and through my natural gifts? Or should I discern God's voice separately from what I'm good at? Could God call me to something that I'm poor at? But somehow in God's wisdom, that's what I am meant to do. So these are specific questions that Christians will ask themselves. And then, of course, there are questions as to specific Christian occupations, from pastor to chaplain, from biblical scholar to theologian, from missionary to worship leader, and many others in between. Often, in fact, those last categories, the sort of specifically Christian bits of work, are often seen as the real meaning of vocation. Oh, yes, at last Donald has cleared away the ground and got to what really matters. But before you think that, a word of caution. The medieval church developed this idea of a holy calling, a separate holy calling, over and above the basic vocation to follow Christ. It was a calling, some felt, to celibacy. 
And it led in time to monastic movement with the calling to chastity, poverty, and obedience. And it led in time to the imposition of a celibate priesthood. Now, Scripture does understand that there are different gifts given to different people. Ephesians 4 and 11. The gifts he, that is Christ, the gifts Christ gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. So Scripture is clear that some are given different gifts. But, but the church, the medieval church, developed a clearly demarcated separation between the priest, who it was assumed had all these gifts, or indeed the monk or the nun, and the people to whom these gifts were not given, and between the religious and the secular. I've spent a lot of the last six weeks, and indeed two or three years, thinking about the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, and I'm quite glad not to be thinking much more about it for a little while. But it's been interesting. In some ways, the Reformation was the recovery of a more scriptural understanding of vocation. In some ways, actually, that's the heart of Luther's Reformation. That we are all called to follow Christ. And so for Luther... There is one status for all believers, and that is to be in Christ by our baptism. There is a common priesthood, a priesthood of all believers, for all are incorporated into the one high priest, Jesus Christ. Of course, for Luther, we all have different work, different stations in life. God's purpose is fulfilled by our doing this work and accepting it as part of our Christian life. For some, that will be as preacher. And that was certainly true of Martin Luther on the left himself. For others, it may be as a gardener or a printer or as a brewer, as was his wife, Katharina von Bora. So that's my word of caution, quite a long word of caution before we begin to think that vocation is all about being a professional Christian. Um, and it's an important word of caution because, um, because far more are called to be Christian than called to any specific role. Nevertheless, I think it is still worth thinking about specific roles after all, students say to me, what will I do with the rest of my life? These things matter. Details matter. How we, how we fill our time is really important. But these specific roles will be within the context of our world, our space, our time. I think there are questions that come from two directions. And I'm leading towards a quote that Fiona has already mentioned. First of all, questions from within. What's found in our hearts? What do we like doing, like watching, like reading, like thinking about? What gives us energy? 
when we contemplate tomorrow? What are we good at? What comes easily to us? What is a natural gift? These questions are worth asking in considering how we might spend our lives. Then there are questions that come from outside ourselves, from the kind of images that we saw in the Beauty for Brokenness hymn. Questions that might come from others, from the poor, from the needy, from the vulnerable, from the young, from the old, from the the marginalized, from the lost. Questions that they ask us. Can you help me? What can you give to us? How can your gifts bless me? Have you got the energy to care for us? Fiona and I worked so well together that without actually talking about what we'd say tonight, we landed on the same quote by Freddie Beekner. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. So I think we should remember, we're all called to be Christian, to be a Christian, and that's fundamental. But it may be that there's three other ways in which we sense a call, and it's worth listening for these two. Do we hear, feel, sense an inward call to a particular role? And do we sense an outward call affirmed by the world? In other words, do people recognize gifts in us? These may or may not be Christians who recognize it. It may or may not be in any kind of Christian role. And finally, is any inward sense we have not only affirmed by the world recognizing our gifts, but confirmed by the church, by a a communal call, by an ecclesial, bit of jargon there, by the church, by a church understanding that, yes, we recognize you could be called to this. Baptist Church will have its processes for this if it happens to be uh, a call to ministry. So does my own, the Church of Scotland, and so do all the different ways that the Christian church expresses itself. First of all, that inward call. In Christian ministry, which is much broader than being a minister, we need that inward call. It's a wonderful work, a wonderful life. I love, I loved being minister of Largo Ward in Simonans. I love being chaplain. Um, I, I've landed on my feet, truly have. Uh, it's an immense privilege huge responsibility. It's often demanding. And when it's demanding, I need to know, or at least remember a time when I did know, that God was inviting me to consider this way of life, this form of work, to hold on to that. And then there needs to be that affirmation from the world, I think, That our gifts, our skills, our talents, our character, our nature accord with that sense of call. I think God may call us to do some uncomfortable things, 
but not in the absence of being equipped for them. I mean, for all that I may love these occupations, I'm not called to be a tenor soloist in the choir. I'm not called to be a doctor. Actually, as part of my training for ministry, um, we spent a week in two hospitals in Edinburgh. And one of those hospitals uh, was a general hospital, the, um, the Royal Infirmary. And we actually observed an operation. It was a splenectomy. Uh, so we sat in a kind of a viewing gallery as trainee ministers. Well, after about a minute of seeing this operation, I knew I was on the point of fainting. And I blundered out of this gallery and through a side door. And the hospital chaplain followed me out and she said, are you all right? I said, well, I think I'm okay, but I wasn't, I wasn't. She said, that's all right. I don't think you're called to hospital chaplaincy. <laughs> she was right. I can hear the deepest emotional pain, but I can't see blood in the operating theater. We're different. I have gifts, and I have an absence of certain gifts. I'm also, unlike Catherine, not called to be the tech guy in a church. I'm not called to be an army chaplain. I'm not called to be a politician. I don't have those gifts. I don't have the talents. I don't have the nature. That's okay. And then there needs to be the call from the church. The church's recognition of the reality of that inward call. The Church of Scotland has ways of assessing this. A key area is integrity of faith and life. And that needs to be discerned, not just by ourselves or by the friends who are partial to us, but by the church. Is there integrity in our life and faith? What of other careers? I think it is possible that God may invite someone to continue or to consider a particular form of work. But I think there really is something much more important. It's not what we do, but how we do it. It's not, yeah, it's not what we do, but who we are that really matters. Mother Teresa, now St. Teresa of Calcutta, said this. Many people mistake our work for our vocation. Our vocation is the love of Jesus. I don't think it's been better said, in fact. In a moment, I'm going to suggest we break up into groups, but first of all, some suggestions for reading. If this is a subject that interests you, and if reading is a way that you explore things, it works for me, not for everybody, I'll suggest these, these books. This is The Way of Life by Gary Badcock. Gary Badcock taught me theology in Edinburgh in the 1990s before returning to his native Canada. But he wrote a great book on vocation, and I heartily recommend it. It's theological. If that's the way your mind goes, this is the one for you. And then Hearing the Call, Stories of Young Vocation by Lawson and Mercer. 
They were chaplains at Durham University until recently, and uh, they founded a group um, at which uh, students at Durham could meet together and explore a sense of call in their life, read scripture, pray together, get some practice doing this or that in a safe way. And out of it, they wrote this book, uh, Deeply Rooted in Scripture. And uh, especially if you're a younger person, draw that line wherever you want. If you're a younger person, I think this is a good book for you. And uh, in some ways, this encouraged me to set up, as uh, Fiona mentioned, a ministry discernment group where students and others uh, can come and uh, meet fortnightly, Uh, with me, uh, talk together, pray together, read scripture together, form community and explore um, some sense of uh, call to some form of Christian ministry. And uh, that's really about it. But I've got questions for groups. Oh. Oh, Oh, one more, yeah, yeah. This is a book called Tomorrow's Calling, uh, Discerning a Call to Ministry. It's written by multiple authors, short chapters, actually produced by the Church of Scotland. Um, But uh, please don't let that uh, (laughs) prevent you from reading it. And uh, I actually have two spare copies, and these are free. These are not for lending, these for giving. So hands up now if you'd like a copy of this, first come, first served. Yeah, yeah, I got it, one here. for you if you'd like okay and then we've got questions uh, oh yeah so I was thinking these might be the groups um, to break up into I think there's tables downstairs and there's areas here maybe a group of students uh, maybe a group of people who are in Christian work however that's defined um, people who are in work people who are retired Uh, or people who would prefer a mixed group, or who don't fit into any of these categories, Uh, maybe a group whose first language, or at least who are proficient in Romanian. Okay? Uh, So, which I'm not. (laughs) Okay? And here are the questions. Okay, I've got them on sheets. You don't need to memorize them. First one looks at that areas of who we are. What do we do? in our life, and not just what our job is, but you know, what do we actually love doing? How do these contribute to our life of faith? And then how do we see those kingdom values influencing our life of faith? I've suggested some of those values. They don't have to be the values you would write down, but something in that area. And then that interesting question as to how do our gifts relate to our calling? Um, How is work related to our gifts? And then that uh, Freddie Beekner quote, uh, worth taking that away and pondering it, and questions about to what extent that is and has been and could be true. And then finally, the deepest question of all, what's our purpose? Is it changing? If so or if not, what does that mean 
for us.